if you if you look at the scripture for today, you might ask the question, why on earth did he pick that scripture? Out of 2 Kings to talk about the Reformation that took place in 1517. And to be honest, I've never heard anybody speak on the Reformation from this scripture. Um, but if you look at the title at the, at the beginning, the heading for that scripture, it's called Josiah's Reform. And it was a reformation that took place. Josiah had a moment prior to what we're seeing here where he had what I would call an aha moment. Do you know what I mean? When you hear something or read something, you may have heard it over and over again. And all of a sudden, there's a, aha, that's what it means. It never ceased to amaze me. My children, I could, I could teach them something from the Bible over and over and over again. And they would go to youth group and come home. Guess what I heard? And it's what I've been saying to them for years. But somebody else said it, and it made sense. All of a sudden, they had an aha moment. Well, Josiah had been raised by a mother who was godly and a father who was king and was very ungodly. And the previous kings before him were very ungodly. And they had allowed all kinds of religions to infest the Israel, the, the country of Judah. Actually, this was in Judah. They, we, we have the separation of Israel and Judah at this point. And they were doing an annual uh, survey of what was in the temple. They were counting how many plates they had. I guess they were looking to see if some priest had been stealing them and selling the gold. But they were, they were going through the temple, cleaning it out, doing an inventory, counting it all up, and the priests found the Book of the Covenant. Now, this would have been the Book of Genesis. And he took it and read it and took it to the king and said, look what we found. And the king sat there while the priest read the entire book of the covenant to him. And he had an aha moment. And he said, we have not been living like we should be living. And I'm responsible for that. I'm the king. I'm accountable. And so he brought about his reforms that we read some about today. He tore down all of the Asherah poles, which were like a totem pole-looking thing, and, and they were worshiping Baal at these, these. But he went all through the country, and he tore it down. Now, I've had somebody ask me why I chose this scripture, because God had pronounced judgment on Judah for their evil ways. 
And he eventually, even though this took place, he brought about judgment on Judah. But he was pleased with what Josh, Josiah did. And he postponed during the life of Josiah the judgment on Judah. He did go ahead because the hearts of the people were not fully changed. They were still just as corrupt. But he did honor Josiah's desire to see change. Now, as I mentioned, or as, as Jenny mentioned, today is Reformation Sunday. Tomorrow marks 505 years, 1517, Martin Luther nailed his 95 Thesis to the church door in Germany. And it began what's known as the Protestant Reformation. We are Protestants. Now what does that mean? We are protesters. Martin Luther protested what the church had become. He had 95 different things that he disagreed with the way that the church was being directed. Eventually, I'm sure there was more than 95, but that was enough to start with. And he nailed them on the church door. This was like posting them on Twitter. Okay, This was the place where everybody would go and put their thoughts of the day, and people could read them. And so this was a public place of announcements. And he was publicly declaring, I disagree with the church on these 95 things. Now, like Twitter, you can get banned. <laughs> and, and Martin Luther did get banned. He was brought on trial. Uh, he was not the first. Prior to him were other reformers. Uh, have you ever heard of the name Tyndale? There was a Bible that's called the Tyndale Publishing Company, the Tyndale Bible, and they do a lot of translation. And he wanted to translate the Bible into the common language, and he was burned at the stake for it. He did it, actually, but was burned at the stake. Prior to that, a man by the name of, of Hus was in Czechoslovakia. And he was bringing, he was trying to bring about similar reforms as Martin Luther. And he was burned at the stake in Prague. I believe it was Prague. Um, so Martin Luther was not the first. But what Martin Luther did started a rebellion. A rebellion against what the church had become. Martin Luther did not want to start a new religion. Martin Luther did not want to start a new church. He wanted to change the church back to what it was supposed to be. What Martin Luther said was nothing new. It was no new revelation from God. It was not some word that he heard. 
He read it. Specifically, he read it in the book of Romans. And it changed his life. He had read it over and over again. He had been trained in the Bible. He was a priest in the Catholic Church. And he read one day that the just shall live by faith. And it changed his life. He had an aha moment. Now, while we remember Martin Luther on Reformation Day, we do not worship Martin Luther. This is not about Martin Luther. Rather, we look at what happened to Martin Luther when he read God's Word. Out of the Reformation came what's known as the five solas. It's what we call them today. Sola being Latin. The first is sola gratia. And if I mispronounce it, I'm sorry, I'm not a Latin scholar. Sola gratia, by grace alone. Salvation and judgment and condemnation of God. Excuse me, salvation from the judgment and condemnation of God that every human being deserves is a gift of grace from God. It has nothing to do with human merit and is based on Romans 3, 10 through 12. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands and no one seeks God. I did not pursue God. He pursued me. The second is sola fide. Um, by faith alone. The biblical truth that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. It is what sets Christianity apart from all other religions in the world. It is not by my works of righteousness or by my efforts, but it's solely by Christ's work on the cross that a person is saved. It's based on Romans 4, 4 and 5. Now that no one who works now, excuse me. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. The third is sola Christus, in Christ alone. We sang that. The biblical truth that salvation is through Christ alone. Jesus in, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 6, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He did not say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. He did not say, I am a truth. He said, I am the truth. He did not say, I am a life, but the life. It's only through him. The fourth is sola scriptura, all authority, and it's a biblical truth that all authority comes from the scripture, and it's contained within the scripture. We get this from 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, 
for training in righteousness. It's not tradition. It's not experience. Those can, can be incorporated in it. But it's through the scripture that we hear this. And the fifth is Soli Deo Gloria. To glory of God alone. And we get this based on John 6.44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. The triune God made everything seen and unseen. The triune God keeps everything working and holds it together. The triune God saves us and calls us and will one day raise us up. Only God deserves glory. Today, I want to look primarily at Sola Scriptura. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. In Romans 10, 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Now, how do I hear Christ? How do I hear what he has to say? Well, it's been written down for me. God breathed into what we call the Bible. It's a collection of books, a collection of letters. He breathed into the minds of the writers of the Bible what he wanted us to know. Have you ever wondered from the book of Genesis, we get the creation story? Now, Moses wrote it down thousands of years after creation. How did Moses know what happened in the correct order? Nobody was there. I mean, I've heard some people say, well, it was tradition. It was something that had been passed down. But who, who passed it down? Who was there when God created the heaven and earth? Only God. Moses spent 40 days on Mount Sinai alone with the triune God. And God revealed to him, he said, my people need to know their origin. They need to know their mind. This is how it all began. This is who you are. Write this down. And remember it. So if we want to hear and learn about Christ, we go to the Word of God. And most people would think, well, that means I have to go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But Christ is revealed from Genesis to Revelation. Through the entire Bible. A few years ago, across the river, we were having a kids' club which would be for Americans, it would be like vacation Bible school. And it was for children, uh, school age, 
it lasted a full week, and we were teaching them out of the book of Exodus. And I was talking to my language tutor, and she asked a question, well, why do you teach from the Old Testament? And I said, because it's the Bible. She said, yeah, but Jesus is in the New Testament. I said, Jesus is all throughout the Bible. And I went to the book of Exodus, and I pointed out places, and I said, this is a foretelling of what, going, what Jesus is going to do. The delivery of God's people out of Egypt was a foreshadow of Christ delivering us from the slavery of sin. And through the entire Bible, we can see Christ Now, many of us understand that we're supposed to read the Bible. And I, have, I confess I have done this at times, but we see it as a little check mark that I can pat myself on the back and say, I read the Bible today. I read a psalm, and I read a, a section from the New Testament. And there's, there's a measure of value in that. But it should become more than that. It was intended to be more than that. We saw that when Josiah read the scriptures, it changed him. It convicted him to the point that he made changes. We read in Psalms where David said, Oh, how I love your law. The law was part of the scripture that they had back then. Jesus even referred to the law and the prophets. David said, I love your law. The reading of God's word will change you. As I mentioned earlier, in Timothy 3.16, Paul tells Timothy, he says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Do you want to become righteous in your living? Read the Bible. It comes from the reading of the Word. Andes has been preaching through 2 Timothy. I think it's 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy. That's right. I have it here. Uh, reading through 1 Timothy. And he, we will continue with that next week. But we've seen where Paul in 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul told Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of the scripture and to the preaching and the teaching of it. So how do we benefit from it? What are some of the benefits that we have? If you go all the way back to Genesis and you look at the fall when man fell into sin when Eve was tempted by the serpent the serpent didn't take that piece of fruit which some people depicted as an apple but we really don't know what it was he didn't say mm, look at this 
it's tasty. He didn't say, mmm, this is so filling. If you eat it, you'll not be hungry again. No, he twisted God's words. He said, is that what God really said? Is that what he meant? He said, if you eat this, you will be like God. That was man's first sin. That is the basis of all of our sin is we want to be God. We want to be in control. We want to be at the top of the evolution chain, if you would. We are the apex, but we're not. There is a God who is far above us. Now, Jesus, as our example was also tempted by Satan. And Satan did the same thing. He quoted scripture to him, but he misquoted it. He misused it. He took it out of context. And he tempted Jesus. And Jesus resisted that temptation by correctly quoting God's word. And all three temptations that Jesus had he defeated it. He overcame it by correctly quoting God's word. He knew God's word. Do you know God's word? We too can overcome temptation by knowing and correctly quoting God's word. There is a value to memorizing the Bible. There is a value to memorizing God's scripture. Now, on a practical sense, how do we memorize it? Okay, I've got an old brain. Um, and I'm, I'm struggling with the Latvian language, I'm sorry. I've been here 11 years. I can do some talking on a, a five-year-old level, um, maybe a little better. But um, I, I'm an old man, okay? My, my, my brain doesn't work like it used to. How can we memorize God's word? Well, there are ways that you can do it. You can put it to music. There are scripture songs that we can use. That's a great way to teach your children in the future for those that don't have children yet and for those that do. That's a great way to teach them the word of God, music. Music has a way of getting into your brain and helping you remember things. 4762480. Does anybody besides my wife know what that is? <laughs> it is a telephone number to Bob Salter Chevrolet in Pensacola, Florida. Okay? And I remember that because on the radio was a little jingle where they sang a song advertising Bob Salter Chevrolet. And they gave, I can I can sing the whole thing to you. Okay? <laughs> It was a radio uh, back, we didn't have telephones back then. And, and it was a radio advertisement that we heard over and over and over again. And that phone number, I can remember it to this day, just like it was back in the 1960s. Okay? Putting it to music. 
is a great way to do it. But read it over and over. Repetition. Repetition. When I was uh, in school, uh, probably I'm trying to remember what grade I was in, uh, I was taking geometry. And I brought home a D one time. Now, I'm very good at math. And that particular six weeks, we were, we were doing theorems. And you had to memorize the theorem. Now, I knew the principle. You put a ge geometric problem up there, and I could answer it. I knew the principle, but I could not repeat it by word, verbatim. And so I got a bad grade on several tests. And my father sat me down at the table. He was not happy. And he sat me down at the table, and every day I had to write each one of the theorems out. Now, I promise you, by the end of the first week, I had to memorize. Writing is another way that you can remember God's Word, to write it out. Why do we need to do it? Well, if you look at the teaching of Jesus, he referred to God's Word, which would have been the Law and the Prophets, the books of, we would call the Old Testament, because that's all they had at the time. But he referred to it over and over and over and over again. You look at the lives of the apostles. Peter did it. He referred to the Old Testament over and over and over and over again. Paul, every time he defended the faith, he referred to the scriptures over and over and over and over again. We're told that after the resurrection, two disciples, we're not sure of their names, were walking on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus came up alongside him, the resurrected Christ, and they didn't recognize him. And he asked why they were downcast. And, and he said, they said, well, haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Israel that don't know about what's happened? And Jesus, at this point, it says he went to the scripture. He went to the law and the prophets. And he explained to them and showed them in the Old Testament that the Messiah must suffer, the Messiah must die for his people. And then he opened their eyes and they recognized it. Are you regularly reading the Word of God? There are many plans that we can, can read through the Bible in a year. Uh, the, the one that I have used in the past, you read a psalm, you read a Proverbs, and then you read another scripture of some sort, either from the Old or the New Testament. But it gives you a variety, and you can read through the entire Bible in a year. Faith comes by hearing. 
carrying the word of Christ? Are you struggling understanding what you read? Join a Bible study. There are numerous Bible studies that you can be in here at, at Grace. We meet during the week. There's a ladies Bible study. There's a Bible study that's going through the book of Acts starting three weeks from now. Yeah, they're going through something else right now. And I lead a Bible study on the other side of the river, which we're currently looking at the book of Romans. We do not worship the Bible. This is a book. This is black ink on white paper. Now, some of them will have some red ink mixed in, and a few have blue ink mixed in. But I don't worship this. It is God's word within it. Okay? The purpose of this book is not to make you healthy. It's not to make you rich. It's not to make you um, a great person. The purpose of this book is to reveal God to you. To show you who God is. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible. The Word of God changed Josiah's life. It changed Martin Luther's life as well as countless others. It changed my life. I grew up going to church. But it was not my faith. It was my parents' faith. And I heard scripture. I memorized scripture. I used we used to get little stars when you would, would memorize scripture. If you had perfect attendance for the year in Sunday school, you got a little pen. Okay? But at the age of 17, I heard God's word preached. And I had an aha moment. And my life changed. It changed drastically. My lifestyle changed. My vocabulary changed. My music changed. I was radical enough, I went out and burned my Black Sabbath albums. <laughs> the Word of God will change your life. And on this Reformation Day, or this Reformation Sunday, we remember how it changed Martin Luther's life, and it can change yours. And that's the intent, is to show us who God is and who we are to be in Him. Amen.